lovelies to the Ultimate Dance Business Podcast. My name is Deborah Laws, the dance business expert. My passion is to help you turn your passion into profit while guiding you to work less and earn more. I'm super excited to share interviews with you that I know will inspire and motivate you in your schools, as well as my solo shows where I shall be sharing some great tips and strategies. So if you love the show, please do remember to review, subscribe and share it with your fellow dance boss friends. So let's get stuck into the business of dance. Um, thank you so much for tuning in again. I have a beautiful guest today. I do encourage you guys to go and watch the video on YouTube because you need to see how gorgeous today's guest is. Um, this is the beautiful Rosalia. Hello, Rosalia. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Deborah. It's so nice to have you and you are being very, very generous. Thank you for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. And talking of intros, I'm kind of going to get you to do your own intro because I can never do people justice. So we would love to know who you are and what you do. Thank you. So sure. I'm uh, really delighted to be here with you listeners. I don't know who you are. Don't know where you are, but I'm delighted to be here. My name is Rosalia Lazara Tilly, and I'm the founder and CEO of Manuka Media, which is a digital marketing and personal branding agency. And I'm also a keynote speaker. I am a podcast host myself, and I am also of late a number one best-selling author, which still sounds so weird to say, but I am. Yes. Oh, <laughs> congratulations. And what is your book called and where can we find it? Uh, so the book is called A Social Media Guide and it is targeted at my specific audience and niche. So I need, as, as you do, and I'm sure many businesses do out there, um, I have a niche which I advertise on social media. So uh, the book is directed to mortgage brokers and financial advisors, um, but I've got um, HR recruiters reading it. I've got people in um, software. I've got people in, what else, recruitment. I've got people in schools like literally anyone can read it and obviously replace the word mortgage broker with whatever it is that you do but that is my niche obviously that's that's my main hub yes and you know like me you know obviously my main demographic is people that run dance schools but so much of what I teach probably 75 80 percent of what I teach is actually relevant for any business so I'm guessing that's the same for your book right absolutely yes so obviously social media is such a a whirlwind of of things right so i have mastered how basically it's, it's more relevant for business people so whether they're a coach or a business owner or a marketer or a freelancer or an advisory type of business like an accountant or a mortgage broker because it's for them that i've written the book because trying to be on social media for personal reasons versus business is a whole different ball game. So what yeah. this book teaches you is how to use social media for business and for personal branding. So if you have a personal brand, whether you're in music or a dance teacher, or you have even a nail salon, you know, you're a, you're a beautician, you absolutely need to use social media for your business, but it's 
finding out the strategies and the tactics that are different to what you would post, you know, for your mates, basically. So yeah, it goes into obviously how to build your brand on social media and uh, build a business and actually get income from it. Because a lot of people think, oh, does it really work? Do you actually make any money off social media? Uh, yes, you can. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a really interesting topic, actually, because a lot of people say to me, oh, I don't really do Facebook. I don't really like people knowing my business. And I'm like, they don't need to know your business. You don't need to be anywhere on Facebook in terms of your own personal profile. You can have that completely closed. Nobody comes to it. You can have five family members. It's the you, But you've got to have one in order to do the business stuff, haven't you? So then it's the tactics and strategies of what you use. So it's a tool for, for spreading the word, being visible. And that's obviously what you teach and what your book is all about so um so there's a really early plug for you everyone to go buy the book oh yeah well yes <laughs> i mean yeah if you if you fancy um having a read of that yeah it's on amazon um but on that note just in case um on on your on the subject of having personal stuff on on social media um just some it's something i like to say that your audience might might enjoy or might you know feel happy to hear is that there's a difference between personable and private mm. you absolutely do not need to put your private life on social media so being personal does not mean you disclose private things and so my whole philosophy and the strategies that i teach is around how to build that personality into your brand and how to, because let, let's face it, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. That's never going to change. That's always going to be the case. And so how can I get to know, like, and trust you if I can't see you, if I don't know anything about you? Now, I don't put anything really drastically private about my life out there of course i share that i'm married and you know i have a cat and you know i share holidays um with my family and i, I share that i'm italian obviously i share things about me but obviously my private stuff remains private so you can totally find that balance of personable versus private so i just thought you might like to use that with your people as well yeah, absolutely. And it's a case of manipulating that personal profile, isn't it? So that it works for the business. Um, and, you know, this is what you are expert in and what you teach. So if anyone's thinking, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I hear that, but I don't really know how to do that. That's what you're here for. That's the kind of thing that you help and teach. And it's always so fun. You know, you guys have got to go and check out Rosalia's social media because she's always dancing in a hotel room or strutting <laughs> her stuff. And, um, you know, it's all about branding. And this is actually the first time I've seen Rosalia not wearing yellow. Because you're branding, you're branding, you've got your yellow in the background there, but you're, you know, whether it's daytime, nighttime, like I've only ever seen you in your branded gorgeous by the way branded um kind of colors so you really do um practice what you preach like everybody knows you for for your branding it's such a strong brand um with regards to my listeners with the dance school owners how would you explain branding to them because for a lot of them they assume branding is their logo and potentially the colors that they've chosen that their students wear, like the uniform. It's a lot more, isn't it? How would you explain it further? Yes, yeah, that's a great question. And obviously there is an element to that. There, it, Branding, of course, you've just mentioned the yellow, right? So clearly color does come into it 
in certain circumstances or it might be the icon or the emblem that you have in your branding so for example i have a lot of bees and um honey in my branding right but it doesn't mean i walk around like a honey pot to make sure that people actually remember who i am right but those little touches i can put in um my merch for example or how i decorate how i choose to decorate my office um, or how I choose to do, you know, anything, you know, maybe if I buy a water bottle, I'm going to buy it yellow, right? So yes, there is an element of colour and you definitely want to have that, um, that like memorable brand palette that you want people to, and have that consistency that you want people to remember. But what is branding goes way beyond your logo, your website and your font and colour palette. Branding is a feeling. Branding is a perception that people have of you and a, a, a culmination. Sorry, I couldn't even say that word. A culmination of um, your experiences, your expertise, your services, your values, everything that people can remember or say about you so let's put it this way so let's do a test right in your head if you were to walk out of the room and someone were to say rosalia or your name or manuka media whatever words follow that uh, question of the people in the room that's what your brand is so that's what people will remember so yes i wear yellow but actually a lot of people will say energy you just said fun right so that's what the brand embodies and i really like the fact that i i actually can relate to the whole dance school and dancing academy uh look and feel because i used to be a dancer myself i love dancing and um but you you spoke about the uniform right the uniform in the in the business or in the in the academy and I can relate that to the uniform that I used to wear at school. So we used to have like a proper kilt blazer. Now the uniform, like if you spotted us um, in town of me wearing this kilt and you know, my white socks and like the blazer, I was like, oh, cringe. Cause by the way, for a curvy girl, kilts are not that flattering trust me like that flared skirt i was constantly trying to look good in it but um it wasn't just a uniform it was a reputation that uniform i was wearing proudly because it was all about reputation so if you spotted us in town and you knew what school i went to just by the uniform you didn't just think oh what an ugly uniform you think well what school right oh that's a strict school or that's a that's a really disciplined school or that's a catholic school so it's more about your reputation than it is about the the colors and the logo does that answer your question yeah absolutely it does and i love i i love it for people to think about that first and uh, you know what is it that we want people to feel what is it we want people to say about us um what are our values? What is our ethos? What is the type of person that we want to attract? Because this is what this is what we feel and know about ourselves, but we've got to then know how to portray that. And like I said, and you said like the logo and the colors is just a small part of that. And it's interesting when you said about, you know, what people say about you, because we met for the first time properly recently, um, a speaking gig that we were both involved in. And, you know, if you'd said to me, Okay, Deborah, you've seen me speak. What would you say my brand is all about? You know, and the, the experience I had of you through that, you know, I would definitely have said, oh, 
fun, vibrant, engaging, humorous, um, you know, fast paced, energetic. Like those are all, that was my experience of what I saw when I was around you. And especially when I saw you speaking on stage. Are those words that you would love to hear about your brand? Literally spot on, nailed it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's which it. Means, yeah, which means I haven't nailed it. You, you've nailed it because <laughs> that's what I felt. That's what was being reflected. So for the dance school owners, I guess that's what, that's a great starting point, isn't it? What do we want? What do they want everyone to feel around, you know, when they come across their school? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So obviously in the world of dancing and, and performing arts, there's so many vibes, isn't there? There's, it's just a vibe. So really hit home and like, what do you want the students to feel when they walk into your school, right? What, what experience do you want them to have? What do you want them to tell their friends, right? What's that message that they say, no, I'm going to that academy because that's what I get from, from them, right? It doesn't matter if you've got blue or orange or pink in the, in the branding. Ultimately, it's the whole, I say my, my favorite quote, and you probably heard it at the, um, at the event, which is, how you do anything is how you do everything. Now, if you see my office and it's got, you know, the most vibrant colors plastered all over the wall, like yellow, pink, and orange, and you feel energy, but then I come on stage and I'm all moany and droopy, that's not really embodying the brand. So you can color your logo or whatever color you want, but you're never gonna express the feeling of that brand if you don't express it with everything that you do. So that's why it's less about the colors. Of course, I picked um, yellow because it's bright, vibrant, energetic, um, Pink is very sassy and fun and, and playful. So that's why I picked those colors. But if I'm not those colors, if I don't actually embody that experience for people, then it's just a color. Yeah. And do you know, wouldn't that be a fab exercise for our listeners? Take away your logo and your colors and what is left. Like if you actually remove that from the equation what would people sense and feel and what would the words be like I saw Rosalia speaking on stage that was my summary of what I experienced watching this fab lady on stage so if people came into your studio and did a trial lesson and were around your studio for an hour or two and then went away and you had no logo and you had no colors what would your brand be what would they say about your school what an awesome exercise for people to go and do that sounds fun. That 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 could be done with um, coming outside of your zone, like maybe doing some trial classes away from your studio, away from anywhere that feels branded as you. Because where Deborah and I spoke was not branded as us, right? It was actually a venue and a completely different event that was not decorated with our branding so we had to stand up they almost felt really exposing wasn't it it felt naked like you stand up there and you're like i'm not in my office i'm not in my area of expertise here i'm at someone else's event i'm at someone else's gig these people i've no idea who they are they are strangers to me and i've got to in about 20 minutes 
get them to feel something new. So maybe it is like taking your dance school on tour or going out to someone else's dance academy or doing swapsy. I don't know how it works, but swapping something over and, and just trying to be outside of your hall and outside of your academy as many times as possible to go and put the energy out there and see what comes back in. And also be careful with like, who you're hiring in your business as well. Like how do they embody your brand? Because you might have a, a feeling and an energy about your business that nobody else has. But then when you start to hire people, are they living and breathing your brand as well? So that's also very key in, in terms of like the people you surround yourself with. Yeah, 100%. That's such a great point. And I think sometimes we as the business owner um, put our heart and soul into our business. It's an extension of our personality. It's an extension of our core, our own core personal beliefs. And so we just assume the rest of the world gets that. And our teachers are going to walk in and from the first day, you know, they're going to be versions of us. And of course they're not. They have their own personal brand going on. They have their own values. And so that's something that has to be taught, isn't it? How would you help? Um, have you got any ideas or tips as to how you get team members to kind of embody and embrace your brand? Yeah, wow, great. I think that is one of the hardest things to do, guys. It, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Trying to find people that you are aligned with, trying to find personalities that you are aligned with is going to be hard. And that has been actually the biggest adventure Manuka Media has been on this year, where um, this is this year's the biggest year where no sorry this year's the the year that I've had the biggest team I've ever had, um, and that's been hard to try and find people who are either right for the job and right for the culture. Um, there's some people you just have to accept that there'll be some people that are right for the job but don't necessarily embody the full culture, and you just have to be very eyes wide open that. Please do not set yourself up a task or a goal that you are going to find lots of mini versions of yourself and you're all going to be one big happy family and you're all going to have this, excuse the pun, but all singing, all dancing company that, you know, everyone's really happy at. OK, that's not going to happen. That's just that doesn't exist. OK, so what you have to be aware of is you as a leader and as a business owner, you have to learn the skills and of how to adapt to everyone's personality type. So there are personality tests, for example, that I've run with my um, team members. There's a one called DISC profiling, so D-I-S-C. Um, and I've done that so that I can be more accepting and more open to the way other people do things because trust me, I've been in a situation where I'm like, why on earth are they doing it that way? what what i specifically said xyz and you have done something completely different so i had to start learning other people's languages so that i could then not judge them for it but actually understand their place so that's one way to build culture because you as a leader you are all the cultures you are everyone's culture you are everyone's language so that's a good uh, top tip that i would recommend another um personality profile is more with colors so like if you're a blue or a red or a green so it'd be a good idea i can't remember what that one's called but just google like color personality types or something like that but hey beyond test what else could you do um consistency works for everybody right so 
like I said, goes back to how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you say to your team, we're having a weekly meeting, don't skip it. Right. If you say to your meeting, if you're if you say to your people, I need um, someone to deliver X, Y, Z, actually honor everything that you said that you needed to do that builds culture that builds resi resilience that builds consistency um so try and have a consistent routine a consistent structure in your business that is is something that everyone can get on board with right not too difficult not too like yeah slack oh don't worry about it if you can't make it um build your your social aspect as well so without it being like forced organized fun but do try and have like that social element outside of work every now and, uh, and again again make that a, a the norm rather than oh if we have time so try and implement that into your business um and i really do like open and honest communication so the way i've built my culture with my, my team is for them to get to learn about me as quickly as possible. So I'm very direct, I'm very fast paced at how I do things. And, um, you know, I said to my team, either you can wait for a really, you can wait all day for an answer from me if you want me to sit down with a cup of tea, really digest what you're saying and put a filter in my head. I have to physically put the filter in. If you want that, you'll be waiting a long time because I need to find a really peaceful environment for me to think properly. Or you can have really quick answers from me so I can help you speed up and do your job throughout the day as quickly as possible. But they might not be very like sugary, you know, I might just be like, no, I don't like that. See you later. So, you know, I just have to be really fast and honest. So honesty for me and communication is the only way to build culture, in my opinion. So I thought I would just share with you guys today the planners that I have produced for dance school owners, because these are flying out of Amazon like hotcakes and if you don't have yours yet then all you have to do is pop to amazon and type into the search deborah laws and all three books will come up so the ultimate dance business planner i designed for you so that you had a little bit of a deborah on your desktop <laughs> the planners are full of business training tips motivational quotes uh, things to do at the start of the month, things to do at the end of the month, ways in which you can plan out your marketing and your retention. And they are selling all over the world. So go to Amazon, grab your number one best-selling ultimate dance business planner and enjoy mapping out the growth for your studio. Fabulous and wonderful tips there. And and the other thing is I often see people talking about, oh, you know, trying to create mini me's in the business. And I actually don't think that's the way to go because there is only one you. Like there is only one person that can be unique and be beautifully you. And so you're not trying to create mini you's. You're just trying to make sure that they understand and embody what it is that you stand for, isn't it? And especially in the dance yeah. world, we want our teachers to still be creative. We want them to be artistic. We're not trying to kind of stifle that. We're just trying to say, you know, be you 100%, but just know what the company stands for. And in particular, Definitely. how you deal with certain situations, I think is important too, isn't it? 
Yeah, so definitely, obviously, people need to understand the reputation and the uh, the quality of service that the the academy brings, that the school brings. Um, and of course, you're in a creative world, so everyone has their own personality. But to the point you just made previously about creating mini use, you actually have to do the exact opposite. Like, I can't spell it out more more than that, that it, the, the total opposite is true, is what you have to do, because if you only ever create mini use or if you hire people that are the same level as you or of the same skill set as you, your business will never grow. Your business will never change. You will never implement new ideas in your business because you're only as good as you. Right. And I always say I want people that are better than me. I want to hire people that are. So I hire people that are better at me at doing different things. So. I'm out there on stage speaking in front of the camera, but I'm definitely not going to sit on the laptop editing a video from scratch, like with all the music, you know, I can edit something, I can edit, but I just would rather someone else do it. Um, equally, when I'm, you know, building a website, I know that the creative idea I want and the vision I want for that logo and that website, but my graphic designer is the one that's actually doing the pen to paper drawing and then I'm giving the feedback. So hiring someone of the exact opposite skill set and the exact opposite personality is the only way to survive in business because you need people that can do things that you can't do. Mm, yeah, definitely to complement your skills and to help Absolutely. You know, bring in the things that, that you're not skilled at so much. Um, really interesting that we ended up talking a lot about our team when we were talking, when we started talking about branding, um, because, you know, you can only do so much on your own, which I've discussed in lots of previous episodes. And there, there is a time when if you want to continue to scale the business, the school, um, you're going to have to bring other people in. And it's it that that has to be part of the branding too, isn't it? And so um, it's interesting that we kind of ended up going down that route, but um, slightly changing the subject but, and putting you on the spot a little bit here as well. Would you have any like off the top of your head examples of people or companies that you think have really nailed their branding? Oh, that is a really good um, question. Okay, I really like, okay, again, this is off the top of my head. Like, I really love J-Lo. Okay. I, I guess it, has, it doesn't have to be related to my work or schools, right? No, 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 it doesn't have to be yeah. no, anyone at all. So, <laughs> yeah, so I love J-Lo's branding um, because for me that symbolizes a business that has longevity, a business that has diversity, a business that um dresses up in multiple different guises like she's got a drink she's got beauty she's got skincare and for me it symbolizes here's what branding summary is all about for her um is work ethic so when i look at um jlo because she does all these things i really resonate with her brand because i work really really hard i know we all work hard right but i wasn't like the natural mathematician or scientist at school i just work really really hard to get good at skills and and that's what she embodies for me so i really like her branding um oh then you've obviously got place you know people like zara or companies like zara obviously i love like um the the trendiness of Zara, but how uh, predictable it is. Like you could go to any store whatsoever and you just, you feel like you've been in that store before. Like that 
is really, really good, strong branding because it's familiar. So I'd summarize uh, Zara with familiarity. Um, who else can I mention? But I also love the fact from what you just said, it's the consistency as well, isn't it? You, you yeah. know what you're going to get wherever you go. And I think that sometimes with dance schools, we can become a little inconsistent in certain areas, you know, because of the... Right. The workload and the overwhelm and the everything else that most principals are going going along. Sometimes they give a new student a fabulous onboarding experience, and other times the parents lucky if they get told what time you know what time the class is and doesn't get any follow ups at all because it's we're not always consistent with it. And I don't think people necessarily always put that down to brand, but your brand is your reputation. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. So then Zara is a perfect example. If you model your your business school on Zara, for example, um, you know the premises. How how do you show up every single day? You know, do you have a regular cleaning system? Do you have um, a, a regular presentation system? You know, do you go in and you um, are given the same experience every single time? Um, and, and a lot of that stuff might um, today, I mean, you can set up systems for that kind of stuff, right, for um, scheduling timetables and follow ups. And, and that's something, again, that we've tried to build into Manuka Media this year. Um, so one of my team members was uh, tasked with uh, putting together all the systems and processes and, and systemizing them and actually automating a lot of that process that I was doing manually before. And it was really hard to let go of that. Right. It was really hard to say, yeah, but that just takes me five minutes I'll just do that for five and they're like yeah but Roz five minutes here five minutes there you're spending so much time yeah. yeah and I was like yeah I get that but like it's comfort it's comfortable isn't it so actually that comfort could sometimes slip into laziness and then laziness slips into what well, oh oops I forgot um, and so we're, we're putting that system in place so that everyone gets the same experience and that consistency so when they come and work with manuka media everyone knows what that is. and don't get me wrong we're still working it out you know sometimes i'm like oh you know with every client it gets slightly better and slicker because we're like oh no i preferred it this time around like this is much better and mm -hmm. so you know even with a podcast like we're, we're constantly streamlining how we invite people how we get their information how so we want that for everybody um so yeah maybe Zara as a brand is a great example for business, uh, for, for dance schools, because it is so consistent. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, to talk about systems and admin and consistency in the same breath as branding is not maybe something you would normally think of, but it yeah. is it's the reputation, isn't it? It's all, it's it's a massive thing, branding, you know, which is, now we go back to saying it's more than just a logo. Of course it is. We could talk all day, couldn't we? Yes. About <laughs> branding is. And, and so I'd love to ask your opinion, talking about, you know, the fact we could talk all day and maybe it'd be good if we could um, like find ways of making, creating our branding and delivering a consistent brand easier and quicker. What are your thoughts, good and bad, on what AI is doing with branding. Because I saw a post yesterday from somebody that was asking, what's your opinion on? And she had eight logos, which were all quite beautiful actually. Um, and she said they were literally created by AI in two minutes. What is your thought on AI in terms of branding? That's an uh, amazing question that clearly 
is being explored every single day because we don't know what's happening with it. It's changing so, so fast. It's obviously been around a lot longer than we know it has. You know, we've started to play with it. That's what we're doing. But it's definitely been around for a lot longer. Um, my team have fully... I say fully to the extent that we know uh, embraced AI in our business. So rather than um, you know fearing it, we've we've absorbed it, and we use AI to simply make our lives a little bit easier. Um, because for example, it's the, I compare it to when we used to send emails one by one or letters or stuff in the post, right? Then one day, companies like Mailchimp came along and active campaign or, you know, a mailing system that basically you can click send all and you're like, oh, what like revolutionary you can actually click send all and that's exactly what's happening in certain aspects with ai like for example um you know repurposing your content and you know you have a long form video and you can chunk it down into many pieces of video now traditionally a videographer would spend um hours editing to try and get the perfect clip whereas today we use a, an ai tool that actually uh, you type in the keyword that from the podcast or from the video that you want to extract and it will find that clip however where ai isn't um helpful is that it can extract a random sentence from the podcast so it's done what you wanted it to do but it doesn't make any sense because you're like well that hasn't got a start or a finish. So that's where our human team actually look at those clips and say, right, no, it's not quite right. We need to go back in and, and edit it accordingly. So I absolutely um, would embrace AI from that perspective, especially when you're running a school or a business and you need, like you've got multiple clients, multiple students, you need certain sy systems like Zapier, ClickUp, you know, CRM systems, all that kind of good stuff that helps you automate some of the services. So it might be newsletters, it might be, you know, imp important urgent updates, it might be, you know, a person's timetable or report. So you want to make sure that you've got that kind of stuff. I've also seen out there, Deborah, the scary sides of um, AI, where, you know, people are replicating their faces and their voice, and it can be abused, used in, in the, the most awful ways. Um, but then I also play those things back. And I'm like, okay, it's not perfect. So some you can tell like the, the lips don't quite sync up with the audio. And obviously, this question comes up a lot with, you know, financial advisors. So how would you feel if your if a financial advisor was selling you life advice and pension advice, but they were doing it through a bot? Like, mm. it would feel a bit weird, wouldn't it? A bit disingenuous, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking, yes, you can, sir, or or miss, or or whoever. Yes, you can create a bot version of your face and do videos and never have to record yourself ever again. But when you're online and the bot is speaking, we're trying to go, we're trying to make your business more human and more personable. And you're doing the exact opposite where you're actually making yourself a ro robot. And now your customers are hearing about pensions and investments from a robot. How is that ever going to help build trust? So yeah, AI still in my opinion, never going to replace. That is my humble opinion right now. It's not going to replace the human element of 
building relationships and building trust with an actual person. Yeah. And I think, I mean, who knows where it's going to go, but I think at the moment we're all going to get massively invested in AI, play around with it, learn how to do incredible things. And then at some point we're going to go, but do you know what? I'd rather actually have a meeting in person and a coffee. And I think that social media has done this to a certain extent, you know, everything's gone online, everything's digital. And I think some, to some extent, we're almost going back to, do you know what, let's have a proper network meeting and all meet up because, yeah. you know, after a certain period of time, the fun goes out of it. We realize that actually you're missing that human connection. And let's just go back to the old fashioned way of <laughs> having a cake and a coffee. And I feel like we're going to go mad with AI for the next few years. And then it, I'm hoping before the, the robots take over the planet. I do think this is a real fear. Um, we won't go down that route today. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that we'll go back to, well, do you know what? It's actually nicer if we just pick up the phone, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's very similar to um, Zoom. So I used to use Zoom 11, 12 years ago and no one really knew about it, right? And I used to use it back then because um, I was talking to people all over the world, right? Um, and over the over lockdown, uh, which is when I started Manuka Media, uh, we obviously very quickly realized how much we needed technology to advance at the time. Mm. Um, but the, the most we could do was, you know, virtual calls and teams and all things like that. So we, there is a space and there is a place definitely for going more digital and, and um, you know, having more bots helping us do stuff. Um, but the minute we got let loose and we could go you know we've we've had a taste for what it's like to not feel connected you know mental health has gone up um you know divorces uh went up as well i'm not going to mention uh any specific quotes because i can't think of the stats right now at the top of my head but everything you know mental health and and divorces went up you know the education system went down you know uh, people went back to school um children went back to school and started struggling with their exams because they didn't have the support so that's what happens when humans aren't connected because we lose that that love for for that connectivity so actually i'm going more the other way um so the, a future vision for the for the business is actually to do more in-person events um yeah. i absolutely do think that's the way to go because a lot of my clients see me on zoom and online and it's time to, you know, give them a hug. So I do try and give them a hug as much as possible when we actually get to see each other in person. So yeah, I'm definitely all for the in-person stuff. Yeah, and absolutely. And that's, you know, that's quite apparent if anybody ever has the pleasure to come and see you talk because, you know, you're really alive when you're on that stage and there's, you're not gonna get anything like the experience with Rosalia on Zoom as beautiful and bubbly as you are, than you are if you watch her running up and down the stage with boxing gloves on <laughs> and doing crazy things, which is highly entertaining <laughs> as well as delivering a great message. So Energetic, I, I, yes. Yeah, 100% see you being out there in person. Um, but um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to get different people's kind of perspective on where it's all going. Um, mm -hmm. There's just one thing I wanted to kind of um, just pick your brains about really today. Sure. Within the dance school kind of industry, there are many different types of schools. 
Um, and you could put some into different brackets, you know, the competition schools, the recreational schools, the um, street dance schools, the more traditional schools. You know, there's lots of different types of schools. But one of the biggest things I think that um, that my listeners struggle with is there's a lot of competition around them. And, you know, when they try and kind of analyze themselves, they say, well, we kind of teach the same classes as the other 10 schools down the road. And I say, well, you have to have your USP. You have to have something unique about you that makes you stand out. And that's where they get stuck. They're like, we don't know what our USP is. Like we just do what everybody else does. How would you as a branding expert help someone to find their USP? Wow. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, this is actually part of my favorite job, but one that I can't teach how to do it, if you know what I mean. Um, because I can give a graphic designer a brief for a logo um, or a website and then they go off and do it. But like, again, this is not a formula I can, I'll have to expand on it and develop it, maybe even write a book about it one day. But this is what I do. So when I have a new client that comes on board and says, listen, like exactly the same as a school, why should I come to your school um, versus the other school? That is the exact same problem, exactly the same situation for financial advisors and mortgage brokers because there are thousands of them and you think well why should i come to you versus you know the, the person down the road and it isn't until i have that face-to-face -face or um, online discussion with them and i just interview them i literally just get them to speak um i ask them questions about why do you do what you do so obviously if I, you know exploring the why and there's I'm not going to take credit for it. There's the, the greatest of them all to help you explore your why is Simon Sinek, you know, start yeah. with why. But I use his teachings and I actually put the person through it. Um, I've got books up there, you know, things like, you know, building a story brand, um, you know, TED Talks, all that kind of stuff to help to help me understand who you are. And then I'm just writing, 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 writing. And then in the end, I end up repeating back to that person what they've said to me. And they get to listen to themselves for the very first time. And this is why I'm saying it's really hard to teach it because I'm listening to you like I've never listened to you before because I don't know you. So it works best with strangers because this is the first time and you can't hide right i, I my, my husband says that i have a very very good bsometer if you know i don't know if i can swear on this show but yes i have a very good bsometer so i can spot the bs and i know how to call it out and i know also where you are at your best you know where you light up because i'm watching you speak to me and i'm like that's where it is that's the and then that's when they react and go oh my god i didn't I didn't know that. I didn't hear that before. And that's what we then run with. So whatever that is, it might be, um, you know, because you were bullied at school, right? And you were never thought, you never measured up to anything. And people said you would never make it. And actually what your school stands for is, is anti-bullying, right? So maybe you're there to give people a safe space. Ah, oh, okay, now that's a theme. 
giving people so your school is actually a safe space for body positivity and for uh well-being well that school down the road just does street dance you're now you're now the school that fully embodies mental health and body positivity now that's a brand versus oh we offer street dance ballet jazz tap that's just a list of services right that's how i get that's how i would coach a school into finding does that does that help in oh, a way um hugely hugely and i and i love what you've just said there. And I think, I don't know whether you also suggest this, but actually asking your current customers, yes, how yes. would you describe us? What do you think we are? Because they're the ones on the other side of it, aren't they? Yes. And it's yeah. quite a beautiful process too, isn't it? Because they're going to say lovely, probably yeah. lots of really nice things about you. And like you just said, you know, sometimes you kind of go, oh, are we that? Well, actually, yes, we 100% are that. And it, it could be something that is important to you, like you, you know, that suggestion you said about the, the bullying. Um, and I've done, you know, I, I do a process with some of my clients where I um, help to elicit their values and their why. And very often the values that they end up with are from their own experiences as a child that they didn't want other children to feel or experience. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that that is the USP. They just think that that's what we stand for. But that's a USP, isn't it? And that can be put out there as your USP. That's a story. And absolutely, uh, Deb, it's amazing that you go through that with, with schools because you often think, okay, well, we'll just set up a business, a school, that's what you do. The doors open at eight, they shut at six. At absolutely not you know dancing is an expression dancing is a feeling and i have always been a dancer but not in the classical sense like i've never um i've never done ballet or things like that um and actually here's my philosophy or my interpretation of dance i never did ballet because i was always the biggest girl and I, I was always a bigger girl and i just felt like ballet at the time, you know, 20 years ago, 30, it wasn't welcoming to me, you know, I was really sure I was, you know, a bit chubbier, and I just didn't feel like the other beautiful blonde girls that were in the class. So guess what I found more expressive, um, more expressive ways to, uh, to interpret my, my the dance vibe that I had inside of me. So I went more towards like the street, and also the Latin, like that's where I really found my home where I did like ballroom and Latin American, I really thrived doing things like salsa and cha cha and jive why obviously you need a lot of energy to bounce around with those. But also because I felt like I could be myself in that dance, I felt like I could you you could go wrong like in salsa you can totally go like you can just like freestyle and do your own thing as well as follow the lead um and so again that's an expression that's an interpretation of that so absolutely the more emotion and the more feeling you put into your school the more aligned you're going to be with your students because people find the love of dance because of their emotions because of their feelings so that i think that is the usp is like what emotional feeling do you want your school to help people feel mm. and that really takes us a lovely full circle back to the very first question i asked you which is what is branding and you said it's a feeling yeah you know, literally gone around in that lovely beautiful yeah. <laughs> um amazing i know this is going to have been so helpful to so many people today and especially those people that have heard this you know usp business term thrown around i don't really know what it is and they certainly don't know what there's is you know maybe that's something 
to go away and reflect on after today's podcast um, to really think it through and then look at your branding and say, now does our branding grow out of that? And um, if somebody's thinking that their branding is a little bit stale or, oh my gosh, I don't think I really knew what branding was before I heard Rosalia speak today. Um, should people change their brand? Like should, once you've got your logo and your colors, like should, uh, what's your thoughts on, you know, should that stay the same because people get to recognize that or should it get refreshed and updated? Yeah, great, great question. Um, and I'll speak from personal experience that I have absolutely rebranded, not even two years into the business. So I'm three years now. But when I first started out, um, I didn't have the budget or the kind of vision that I do today for the business. So I started out with, you know, a little logo and, you know, a, a good enough website. Um, case in point, you do not need to have a perfect logo or a perfect website to build a phenomenal business because people got so invested in me and the mission that I was on that if they visited my website once, that was it. Like I wasn't going to let that hold me back. So for a good solid two years, I just built my business with the branding that I had. Um, I had a different company name, everything. Um, and then before it got too far, so I was like, look, this is going somewhere. And before it gets like 10 years in, I really want to rebrand earlier rather than later. So I chose to rebrand, you know, solidify the color the, the the logo design I changed um, name so I, I did do a whole like complete rebrand and it was definitely worth it because it stood out so that's another positive reason to rebrand by the way because it gives your it gives a whole new thing of people to talk about so when you rebrand everyone it's just like a new thing to look at it's just something shiny and new some a, a conversation point so that's a definitely a definite positive um if you already have like a solid name and a solid reputation and you don't want to completely like change name and everything um refreshing your logo to suit you know all these new things that you've learned um you know all this new feeling that you have maybe your your company has taken a different direction um you maybe you started it 20 30 years ago and actually you do need a refresher absolutely you definitely need to refresh it even if you keep the name the same but you just modernize the design yeah. of it 1000 percent. yes yeah, I see. And I, I apologize to my own listeners now. I see some pretty shocking logos that have been around for 30 odd years. And it's they're 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 so shocking, it's shocking. <laughs> so you don't have to change. It's like a name. talent. It's like, wow, you've managed to achieve that kind of shock factor with your logo. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. However, Deb, however, if someone's brand, sorry if I interject there, but if someone's brand and ethos and the whole USP is we do it the old school way and we are traditional and not, yes, keep it as old as you like, because then that is actually very aligned with who you are. But you can actually still make modern logos look vintage. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And that's what's fun about design is that if you want that look, if you want that feeling, there is a difference between, oh, no, that is actually really old versus, oh, that's got a really retro or that's got a really traditional like academy vibe, you know, to your logo. So, yeah, it doesn't doesn't um, cost too much to just give it a lick of paint. Do you know what I mean? Like, just, uh, 100%. Just <laughs> 
Yeah, and there's a difference between, you know, um, old and vintage and representing, you know, maybe your school is third generation, 60 years old. There's a difference between that and just being really naff. Exactly. <laughs> so, so we're going for the refresh to get rid of the naff, but we can keep the keep the rest of the feel. Um, Rosalia, it's been so much fun. Um, I love to finish each episode with a few silly quick fire questions. Okay. So um, are you up for me just throwing some questions at you and you coming up with the first thing that comes up? Into oh your my head? goodness! Yes, this is. Like, I hope this isn't going to be like a Freud analysis where I'm, you could you now recognise my my deepest darkest thoughts but yeah <laughs> although I'm it's, sick I'm actually <laughs> sick but anyway don't no, go for it <laughs> yeah, it's really not it's not that deep but that's a good idea though I might get that really I know like it. holding <laughs> up a picture saying what do you see and I'm like oh a dark circle into the night you're like no that's just <laughs> <laughs> no it's literally gonna be and here we'll go we'll start with the first one favorite dessert oh um uh macaroons Favourite actress? Um, uh, Meryl Streep. Favourite holiday destination? Oh, got to be my hometown, Sicily. Okay. Um, somewhere that you haven't yet been on the planet that you want to go? Ooh. Uh, oh, uh, South Africa, Japan. Yeah, one of those two. Okay. Uh, something that's on your bucket list that has got to happen before you hit 40? Before I hit 40, gotta have a baby. Oh, that's a lovely one. <laughs> and if you could hang out with somebody from history, so they're no longer here, and spend 15 minutes with them, who would it be? Oh my God, I've done something like this before. Oh, um, no, wait, they're still alive. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to kill someone off. Don't jinx them, please. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not going to say it out loud. Oh, do you know, this is going to sound really, really odd, but I'd bring back Jesus. <laughs> okay, okay. You'd have a few questions for him. <laughs> I do. Okay, guys, think about leadership, right? What better leadership than freaking Jesus, okay? And also, I like using that example because whether you believe in it or not, obviously Jesus was actually real, like documented, died on the cross and everything, but whether you believe in the religious aspect or not, that's a whole other story, no judgment here, but from a physical character, right, he was named and shamed, abused, he was like, uh, you know, disowned, and he only had 12 friends, right i really relate to that right so when when you're on social media you want to be famous don't you you're like oh i want loads of followers i want loads of followers i want loads of followers well look what can be created with just a few followers okay and i actually teach that uh, from a social media perspective you do not need to be famous on social media at all to have a successful business or to have a successful brand it's just knowing a few people who truly love and embody what it is that you do. Um, and then it will grow from there. So, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> so we'll bring back Jesus. Okay. Slightly, <laughs> slightly different one. If you could hang out with someone that is still alive for 15 minutes, who would it be? Okay. Um, either Michelle Obama or Oprah. Oh, Oprah's mine. We're going to oh. have to get together. You'd be amazed the number of people that say 
um oprah so i feel like we all need to get together yeah and then we'll do a party get her on a podcast all together <laughs> last one i won't put you through any more misery um favorite <laughs> business book oh um that's a good one so uh other than my own obviously of um course. if anyone's uh watching the video version you can see on my uh shelf there is diary of a ceo on there so i do love a good old uh stephen bartlett and then um obviously i've mentioned start with why um the secret even though it's not exactly a business book it was what opened me up to uh personal branding so i highly recommend that um yeah that's my, my list. fabulous we got three for the price of one there yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i do talking of stephen bartlett um i do pinch one of the things from his podcast or i have started to recently which is to get a question from the previous podcast um guest to pass on to you so your question that's Ooh. been passed is if you could have any career and know that you couldn't fail, what might you do that you're not doing now? Oh, see, I've answered that question different ways many, many times in the past. Um, trust me when I, right, right now, I am literally doing the answer that I given a while, like years ago. So today I'm doing the answer that I had given. Um, Love yeah that. so i definitely want to go with now like you know empowering people speaking building voices building brands you know ruffling some feathers in industries um really getting people to like be unapologetically themselves and be really expressive um but then i love traveling so if i had to like answer for my future self what i would do different is um, I'd love to combine my um, like passion for cultures and languages and my ability to speak languages and then just like travel all over the world with my guests. Oh, there we go. Watch this yeah. space in 10 years time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank oh, you. It's been so much fun, Rosalia. It really and, has. Um, if anybody wants to come and find Rosalia, go buy her book um, and you can check her out. What's your Instagram handle? Where do we find you? So there's there's two, there's Manuka Media and then there's Rosalia Lazara. And um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and also LinkedIn. So yeah, feel free to connect. I'd love to hear from you. If you did hear me on the podcast and you do connect, please, please say, like say I heard you on on the podcast with uh, with Deb because I would um, love to give you a big virtual hug if you're if you're new to my network. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much, my darling. And Thank I look you. forward to you soon. <laughs> Thank you, darling. See you later. Bye. Bye. So I wanted to quickly tell you a little bit about Showtime Circus. This is run by my good friend, Jess, who has created an incredible circus bolt-on franchise for your dance school. Because aerial and circus performance skills has become a really desirable skill set for choreographers and casting directors. And so Showtime Circus offers the opportunity to buy a franchise package, which will give you all of your necessary equipment, training from experienced staff, syllabus plans, ongoing support, and business support to launch your new franchise. It will really energize your school with increased revenue streams, new student opportunities, 
and of course bring all the fun of the circus to your school. So do go and visit showtimecircus.co.uk to find out what the new buzz is around circus skills.